This podcast discusses content that may be triggering for some listeners. Please be advised, discussions include gambling language, types of gambling, and addiction. Hello and welcome to the Hidden Addiction Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center under the New York Council on Problem Gambling. Across New York State, we have seven resource centers dedicated to connecting individuals to care. We are here to increase awareness about problem gambling and advocate for support services for persons adversely affected by problem gambling. Gambling is defined as risking something of value on a game of chance. There can be many types of gambling and it can affect anyone at any time in their life. It may not be talked about often and kept in the dark, but we hope this podcast sheds light on the hidden addiction of gambling and brings forth resources and information for you to use. Welcome to the Hidden Addiction Podcast. My name is Amanda. I am one of the program managers with the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center, and I'm joined today by my colleague. Hello, everyone. I am Colleen, one of the other program managers. And we have a a very special guest with us today. For the month of February, we are doing a mini-series just getting geared up for Problem Gambling Awareness Month, which happens every year in March. And so we decided to release small episodes talking about different topics. And today we're talking about treatment. What does treatment look like? How can you get connected? Things along those lines. And we are so, so grateful to be joined by the wonderful, the excellent Mara. Please tell our audience a little bit about yourself. So hi, everybody. My name is Mara Mendocino. I am a KSAC with a specialty in compulsive gambling counseling, and I run the gambling program in Rockland County and now Westchester County for Lexington Center for Recovery. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate your time and just being able to share your expertise with our listeners. So as I mentioned, we're talking about treatment. And so as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, we have previously talked about treatment in the past. We want to talk about the different levels of care that exist. And so Mara, you work with the outpatient program. Can you just tell me a little bit about the difference between outpatient and inpatient and those levels of care and things like that? Sure. So I work, like you said, Amanda, the outpatient level which is usually for my clients, I meet with them say about once a week for an individual session, which is about an hour because it's once a week. And then I also have a gambling, a problem gambling group, which is a Zoom group that also is once a week. And so that's basically the lowest level of care. At times, sometimes if somebody might need it, I might have another individual session with them if they need it and I can fit them in. You know, but um, and the difference between outpatient and inpatient inpatient is usually a 28 day stay where it's 24 hour care of inundated with groups and, you know, individual therapy with their peers. And it's it runs much longer and all day long. And and depending on what they meet criteria for would would depend on if they would meet criteria for outpatient or inpatient and most most people that have called me up to my knowledge over the past years 
could probably benefit from an inpatient program, except they have jobs and they need, you know, the financial piece of it or their families. So it's much more difficult to go inpatient for, for a gambling problem. Yeah, absolutely. You know, meeting, meeting that client kind of where they're at, right. For making sure they're able to get to that treatment. So I do have a question you know, if someone's listening and they are, are hesitant about, you know, calling up, um, can you kind of explain what happens when a client calls up the Lexington center? Like what does the process look like them to get uh, involved in your program? Sure. Absolutely. So when someone calls up the main office, um, they usually call me at home. Not the, not not the client, but the the administrative assistant, because once somebody calls up, you need to get back to them immediately, because once they have the courage to call, they're usually either in the desperate phase or in very much in need of help. And so the courage it takes to call is uh, they want an immediate response. So usually as soon as I get in, they just let me know, you know, someone called up, they were asking for some information for a problem gambling. And usually I try to rearrange and call. I usually get to work a little bit earlier and that's when I make the call. And so what somebody would come in, they would have an intake. So which requires about an hour and a half, two hours just to get to know the person, their history, what they're going through you know, what areas of their life um, are problematic, you know, maybe their gambling history. But to be honest, when we start off with an eval, it usually takes me two times because the first, in order for them to even talk to me, they have to trust me. So I'm, I'm a big believer with treatment, although it's never funny to try to use humor and, you know, are very appreciative that they've even come through the door or called up because I do believe it's a gift. And I know how shame-based it is. So they would, we would go through the, um, the evaluation and I use different screening tools, different information. And then usually I offer, depending where they are, if they can't stop gambling, obviously I would maybe refer to a higher level of care, which would be an inpatient. If they cannot do that, I offer our services, you know, individual and group therapy. I'm also 100% with Gamblers Anonymous you know, to incorporate that for extra support and all the other podcasts, gamblers and recovery, you know, with the Zoom, there's so many different avenues that they're never alone. And they're always somebody who they can call. And I am fortunate enough, I do have a list of a lot of GA members that have given me their number to say, Mara, if you ever need support where somebody maybe wants to talk to somebody or get to a meeting, they would also help out. So that's very appreciative because they know what they're going through. So that really definitely helps. Absolutely. And I just want to touch on, you know, the fact you said they have to trust you, right? It takes a lot of courage to make that first call. Mm -hmm. And that's part of why Amanda and I do this podcast, right? Same thing when people call our resource center, you're getting me or Amanda on the phone, right? So if they're calling up Lexington, they're getting you on the phone and they know they can recognize that voice. They know who it is. And I think that's very important in that first step. I agree, Colleen. That's probably the most and because it's 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 such a shameful disorder that when people come in i mean most people have their head down and and in all honesty it's it's one of those diseases that you can't take toxicology to know if they're telling the truth like we can in substance use so you have to go on what they say you know and most most of the time i always said this all through the years if i get half of the truth i'm ahead of the game 
you know, and we hope like an onion, it's more revealed as they trust you and trust you and trust you because for so many years they haven't trusted anybody. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And, and I, I think that the process of building that trust, it takes time, but, you know, as we know, like you've been in the, the treatment realm, you've been doing this you know how to deal with someone who is in this, in that spot, right? When they're in that low place of where do I go from here? How do I get help? And you've done such of an amazing job helping so many people be able to find a place of, you know, work towards recovery, get to that piece, work towards rebuilding those relationships. It's, it's so, so important. One thing I do want to ask, um, I, I know that you touched on this earlier. I just want to make sure we explicitly say it for anyone listening. If someone does call in, you know, as we know with gambling addiction, there is that financial piece, right? Someone that's struggling with gambling, they may be experiencing a lot of debt. They uh, may not have much money in their account. They may be, you know, dipping into bill funds or medication funds to gamble, whatever the case may be. So sometimes getting connected to treatment can feel impossible or like an unreachable task. But my understanding and I, you know, can you just talk a little bit about the financial assistance that's available for outpatient treatment and how attainable it actually is? For financial. So that 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 takes a little bit further because, because when somebody initially comes in, they are not going to let you know how much money they've lost. And and through experience, as as people become better, more is revealed. Right. Because it's it's like anything. If I say this amount, it it sounds better. But listen and listen, I um, have taken enough experience, enough trainings that I can make a financial budget, um, financial budget budget with with them. And I do use the GA um, budget. You know, it's a financial plan where they, where GA and Gammonon, a lot of people will sit together and make a financial to relieve the pressure of the finances, because usually people will come in and say, oh my God, I lost this amount. I can't go on. I might've lost my house, my car, you know, depleted everything, oh, out loans. And so that's usually the biggest heartache immediately. So making a financial budget helps them to see, but we always, I always try to encourage a family member to join because if they don't know, they don't know. And, and that's part of revealing the disease is being able to be honest with a loved one who can help them and kind of help through taking care of the finances, right? Because money is the trigger to a gambler, right? And if, if they have access to money and they continue gambling, they will continue to use all of the money they have you know, to chase and you know, consolidate. And so I always try to sort of incorporate either a family member, a friend, a sponsor, somebody to come in. And I've gone to with with some GA guys and and Gaminon people to help if they want me there, you know, if they trust me. And can I make it? I I I have um the whole list of GA pressure relief budget right on my, on my bladder because I think it's great for anyone, to be honest. It's a budget that anyone can utilize for their finances. And I've helped many people just at work because it really shows you everything on the table and how to handle that because the financial piece is so important and so huge with the, with, with the disease. Yeah, absolutely. 
So if they're worried about the cost of treatment at the Lexington Center, do you work with them to make sure that they feel comfortable as well, like with that budget that they can afford treatment um, so that they can make sure that they get the help they need? I will tell you, Colleen, I don't turn anybody away. And Lexington gives me the privilege of not turning anybody away because of the finances. That's, you know. that's great because I think that's another, it's a barrier for many people, right? They're so worried about the amount of money that they owe. It's like, how can I possibly get help for myself when I have, I can't pay my bills. I can't pay my mortgage, can't get food, you know, all these things piling up. So just knowing that that pressure is relieved, basically that, that they're going to be able to, to get into treatment. That's great. Absolutely. I do not turn anyone away because of the financial piece. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to talk about too, you mentioned, you know, bringing in a family member to do that budget. So what does it look like for family members? If they have a loved one who's at the Lexington Center for treatment, are you able to provide services for them? Can they be incorporated into treatment? How does that look? Absolutely. You know, I, I'm definitely a believer that, and, and so is GA and Gamma, right? Because there's a lot of different sorts of AA, NA meetings. And the one thing about GA and Gamma is most of those support groups run simultaneously. So when there's a GA room, there's a Gamma room because they believe, and their philosophy is, if somebody is there, a loved one, you work together. Right, because it's so shameful and and lying is is so much more prevalent than than the gambling, that if everybody can work together, it makes the whole difference, you know. And so yes, I I certainly can help people. I always suggest Gaminon. I give people lists. They can also come and also part of the group. It actually started my my problem gambling group actually started as a couples group. For many years, for almost, I can hear 13 and a half years, for eight years straight, it was a couples group, you know, whatever that couple was, you know, was a family member, parents, you know, loved ones, they would come in and it would work together. And it was a lot of communication factors and being honest and working together to a better life, you know, and so they can come on. I have people come on sort of, I just ask them, sometimes they join the group. They might come on together because it's Zoom. And I always say, please introduce yourself, you know, because I think that's important. If you're going to be on a Zoom, you have to introduce yourself and just say, is it okay with the group that I'm here? I usually ask the group before anything. And, and most of the time, nobody ever says no. But yes, the family, I, I, I really believe that when you have a family member or a loved one that is willing to be part of the recovery, it is so much better for the person in need and for them because they're hurting and they're suffering, you know, and, and so it's very serious. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that, you know, as we know with addiction, it is a family disease. It is something that impacts not only the individual themselves who's having difficulty, but if the person you love is hurting, you're hurting right there with them. So it's a beautiful thing that they're able to come together and really go through that process of recovery and healing together. That's, that's so important. A hundred percent. So as you know, this past weekend was a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, and as we're talking about just gambling, gambling types, how it impacts people and getting to treatment, thinking about New York state and how we have this very much so increased access to gambling. Now being able to have mobile sports betting right on our phones. What do you think that's going to look like for people 
currently in treatment, in recovery, even new gamblers, right? Like, how do you think that's going to impact New York State as a whole and as well the treatment system? So I'm going to come in as a treatment provider. (laughs) And um, I believe if it's not already an epidemic, because it's too convenient. It's too convenient, you know, and and I also have noticed younger kids. Much younger kids, you know, are are having access because what's the age? Who knows how old you are? And it's so listen, how how many people, how many we know, we're always on our phones. Our phones are by our side, young, old, whatever people do business that way. And I really believe it's an epidemic. And I've even seen before the Super Bowl, you know, and, and yeah. you know, what you were saying, Amanda, about the Super Bowl, we all know it's the number one day in the world to gamble because most people that don't even gamble will gamble on the Super Bowl, whether it's through a box or just to be in it. It's a very big drinking day. We know that domestic violence because of everything. It's, there's a lot of different addictions going on that day, you know, and it's very scary. And a lot of people, you know, these slogans be in it. And a lot, you know, again, I don't want to knock anybody or anything, but a lot of <laughs> these uh, new sports um, advocates are making it very easy and, and providing money to sort of engage people into gambling, right? Because the normal person will say, hey, I'm playing with their money. Right. And and let's be real. If not all of us, we all like money. Right. And and right. Come on. I mean, I'm being honest. And so if somebody's giving you something for free, why wouldn't you take it? And that's the allure. Right. I'm not playing with my money, but we know it's the allure and that it's the hook. Yeah. Right. And 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 so, listen, that and that's legalized gambling. Yes, there'll always be illegal gambling, we know. And do you know the difference between legal gambling and illegal gambling? I'm going to ask this to, to, to everyone. The difference between legal gambling and illegal gambling, because this is very important. Legal gambling, they swipe the money right then and there. Illegal gambling is you bet on credit. Right? And so if you think about it, if you don't have any more money in your account, you're going to need more when it's legalized. So kids tend to, you know, steal, borrow, take, because they want to continue that and they want to chase those losses. But I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried because I am getting a lot of calls from parents. Yeah, we've been, we've been seeing the same thing in our resource center. Like you said, it's the, you know, when we see the increase, Amanda and I say this all the time, when we give presentations, the increase in access and availability you know, has the potential to lead to more problems. So really, I think the biggest takeaway is that, you know, we all have to work together to get these people um, into care, into treatment, um, and just to educate them, right? Even if they're not ready for treatment mm-hmm. yet, or maybe mm-hmm. maybe they don't know if they have a problem yet, but just giving them the information and the resources to make mm-hmm. sure that they're prepared to make that educated decision for themselves. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. And, and just to add in there, um, Yes, yesterday on, on my group, we were talking a lot about harm reduction, right? Because if, if somebody is still going to engage in gambling activities, at least let's put in some healthy boundaries, right? Or, or this amount, 
or a phone call, you know, at least harm reduction so that maybe they don't lose everything, you know, and, and that's, that's a different modality because like you said, we have to meet clients where they are. And that's what I'm about. I'm here to help somebody have a better life. Um, but, you know, they have to have a plan. They have to have a plan in place. But yes, is it going to get worse? Unfortunately, it is going to get, I think, I believe it's going to be an epidemic like the, op the opiate addiction is going is, so is gambling. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see, see it going down, down that same path. But, you know, Mara, I just want to, we want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We appreciate your time. We appreciate everything that you do at the Lexington Center. Um, if anyone, you know, we'll make sure that we have information in the show notes to contact Mara, contact us. We know Mara, we can get you in touch with her. So, absolutely. <laughs> of course. And listen, thank you guys for all you do, because you know what, you're the central part of it. And when people make the calls and you get them the resources, that's half the battle right there. So I want to thank you guys for all you do because we need you guys. We need you guys. And thank you, thank you for having me on here because it's really important to me and just want to help people to have a better life. Yeah, we, we so appreciate you taking the time to join us and just kind of come in and talk with our audience and really do all that you do. So with that, we will close. Oh, Colleen has one more thing. Sorry. <laughs> no, I just want to mention we were talking about, you know, GA. Mara was talking about GA. There is going to be an open GA meeting that's happening on March 6th. So we'll make sure that that information is in our show notes. And then the New York Council on Problem Gambling is having its annual conference in March this year mm -hmm. on the 9th and the 10th. So anybody that wants to join us, you know, it's all about advocating for services for people in treatment and getting people, you know, the resources that they need. So we always love to have people join us. Absolutely. And, 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 and they're great resources for people, even if they just want some education yeah. or just to understand a little bit better. So yes, that, that's great stuff. Great stuff. Thank you guys. We did it. Oh, cool. Cool.